Hi there everyone, this is Tom G. Wolf, the host of Lupine Transmissions, and I just wanted to say welcome back. Um, this is an episode that I've been working on for a little while and planning for a while, even sort of back before we went on a bit of a hiatus. Um, now, I should say first off, I'm not quite back in full-time capacity just yet. Uh, there's been quite a bit going on the last few months. Uh, but there are more episodes that are still waiting to be edited, uh, there are more episodes planned, so we, we're still going to be back, and, and don't worry, there'll be more episodes to come for sure, it's, it's more just a case of when they come out, so um, I think they'll be on a little bit of an irregular schedule for, just for the moment, and hopefully that'll stabilise as we move into 2022, which is hard to believe, but only a couple of months away now. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's kind of reached out to me over the last few months uh, and the sort of um, uh, support that you guys have given, uh, whether that's been, uh, you know, just in terms of encouragement or, or asking when it's coming back and things like that, you know, it really makes a huge difference. Uh, and I also want to th say thanks to all the Ox team as well. Um, so, you know, Blake, Jess uh, and, and everyone else that has been incredibly helpful. So, look, I uh, hope you enjoyed this one, guys, and without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Lupine Transmissions. Uh, so this show, you know, and welcome back to the show in general because it's been quite a quite a long time between between episodes. Um, that's happened for a whole bunch of reasons. Like first and foremost, there's probably, you know, the pandemic that we're still living through. That that's been a little bit of a contributor, but also just uh, it's been very busy personally, and uh, I won't go into all of that. But you know, uh, welcome back. So. Today we're kind of doing a bit of a dive into the Lupine Transmissions archives and we're talking about UFOs again. Uh, you might remember we did that episode on Fire in the Sky a few months back and we're continuing in a similar vein today. Um, we're going to be talking about the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin and to talk about it with me I've got possibly the someone who I felt needed to confront his fears about this particular incident <laughs> today. Uh, we've got Josh, uh, who you might know from either Are You There pod on the Ox Network or from his um, uh, leftist rural podcast, uh, Hoot and Holler. Uh, welcome, Josh. Yeah, I, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you keep up with city council races in Springfield, Missouri, uh, you may have heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I've takes. listened to it, and I, I'm about as far as removed from Springfield as you can be, and I've listened to plenty of episodes of yeah. it, so. um, I think, uh, yeah, so Josh, introduce yourself, tell us, because I think this is your first time on Lupine Transmissions, I know we've had Jess uh, on, but... What, uh, we talked about um, Interview with the Vampire. That's right, yes, yeah, sorry, Josh was a, on Interview with the Vampire A long time well. ago. That's, that shows how long it's been, oh, I'll cut that, cut yeah. that, <laughs> cut that in post. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so welcome, welcome back, and... Um, yeah, well, thank you. So... I guess today, like, I'll, I'll just give a little bit of a rundown of how I first heard about this case. So, um, 
it would have been about 1990, 1991. So a friend of mine had this um, Osborne book. Uh, like, I don't know if you get Osborne in, in the, the US because it's like a UK kids brand kind of thing. But it, it, but they basically do these like high-end, they're more than picture books, but they're not full-blown textbooks. And we had one on UFOs with all these like awesome illustrations. And uh, essentially... Are they... Are they similar to the Mysteries of the Universe series, like no, that kind of thing? Or no, they're, do those have more text? They're different to that because they don't just do paranormal stuff. They do a lot of like um, everyday stuff. So like you can get Osborne books on like how cars work and, and that kind of thing. And the, they'll have like, you know, those kind of um, cut through diagrams of like how an engine works or that sort of thing. Like the, the, So maybe similar to we had like time life books that would be like that yeah, here yeah, they're, they're, they're like, in that vein but maybe slimmer and more kind of explicitly kid oriented i guess yeah okay. actually i got one i got one over here i'll i'll just behind the cat um yeah here we are Oh, oh, okay. We have something very similar. It's called Eyewitness. Oh, yes, yes. And yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, very it's like kind of the same size and looks the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might be like the pyramids and tell you all about the pyramids yeah, or exactly, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've, I saw some of the Eyewitness ones as a kid, and yeah, very, very much in a similar vein now that you mention it, yeah. But so, um, yeah, the Hopkinsville Goblin case was in there, and um, th these, <laughs> these books are some somewhere between a kid's picture book and genuinely kind of informative. Like, they, th this one was originally published in the 70s, so it has tons of these great paintings and illustrations, but the, the text itself also doesn't really talk down to kids, even though it's sort of written for, like, maybe a seven-year-old's reading level or something. Um, and, and even in this particular book, like, it does kind of explicitly say, like, there's not really any hard evidence for UFOs and extraterrestrial life, but what if there was, you know? <laughs> so it, it kind of introduces some of the principles of scientific skepticism in terms of assessing UFO cases. And um, it also, like, it, it explicitly shows you in there, like, how you can make, like, your own toy UFO and fake a UFO photo and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was rad as hell. Teaching like, you teaching you early how to be a great exactly yeah 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 well or, or at least to, to i think in, well this is the thing i think in theory it was meant to teach you to spot grifters um but in practical mm, yeah. terms i think a lot of us just came away being like man imagine being abducted by aliens how cool would that be <laughs> <laughs> i've never had that thought <laughs> as a child <laughs> uh, so my my friend showed me this and it had a little picture of the hopkinsville goblin and it talked about um this family like it's it's only about a paragraph or so in the actual book but kind of talks about this family being terrorized by these little goblin looking things in like silvery white suits and um the my friend and I were kind of discussing whether it could be true or not at quite extensive length, like much more than this sort of simple paragraph warranted. <laughs> um, and one of my funniest memories of it is like, I was kind of saying, well, this might not be a true story. And my friend was like, oh, but it might be because the, the husband in it said that it was true. And my dad sometimes tries to lie, and my mum won't let him. So therefore, this story must be true as well. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, can't can't argue with yeah, that. No, well, it, it, <laughs> moms it like, moms will not let dads yeah, lie. It's, and... it, at age six, it's hard to argue with that. Um, did that did that mum and dad wait a divorce? Yes, they did actually. So <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate. He was tired of not being allowed yeah, to lie. I, I can only imagine he spends all his time lying now. Like uh, I haven't spoken to him in many years, but I should give him a call. And <laughs> um, so, but. This kind of came up between Josh and I because uh, a couple of months ago, Josh had to go to Kentucky to visit some friends. And um, uh, living in Springfield, the, the route he took kind of took him past um, past the town of Hopkinsville as well, like indirectly. And so I kind of mentioned to this case to him and said, oh, th- this will be really cool. Like, you know, you should stop by. And I've never really seen such a sort of visceral and horrified reaction in, like, text form. <laughs> but your immediate reaction was, like, something like, what the fuck is this? Like, get me a shotgun stat or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I had to see the, the pictures of these goblins. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, is, this like a, is this, like, a long-standing thing for you? Like, I, I knew... Um, so, our mutual friend, friend, Blake, who's been on the podcast previously, he was on the Fire in the Sky episode. So, I knew he was really terrified of, like, aliens and things like that. But, but what's your kind of backstory with this? Like, So, the, the things that I was always scared about, scared of as a kid, were things that I could believe practically could be real. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like now, like I believe aliens could be real, you know, like it's for some reason, ghosts to me were not scary. Like werewolves, not scary. Uh, Dracula's vampires. To me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprising. (laughs) Vampires, you know, zombies, those things didn't scare Mm. me because Mm. uh, they just seemed impractical to me. Whereas the things that scared me were demon possession, which uh, because of the way I was raised, I thought this is a real thing that could get me, or aliens, they could also get me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was kind of in a similar boat, actually, and like jo- Josh and I had similar yet distinct upbringings, I think, in, in terms of there being a... Uh, uh, Josh is slightly older than I am, but I think we were both kind of raised in that sort of satanic panic age where... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, even plenty of people who who weren't necessarily connected to um, the the church or Christianity at large were sort of weirded out by like uh, things like Satanism or you, you know quote unquote Satanism or like demon possession. Like I think I think The Exorcist made quite an impression in a lot of people's psyches, to be honest. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, you just. In that era we grew up, there was a wider kind of availability of this sort of stuff than there is now, I think. Like, obviously, you have the internet, but, you know, you don't really have major publishers like active, like Time Life actively promoting series of books about UFOs and demon possession and things like that, do you? Like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... I. I, I don't remember ever watching very much stuff as a kid mm. that and that included aliens. Like I never I wasn't allowed to watch ET, um, which not because it was about aliens, but because of bad language. Because they say penis breath was the specific scene that got it turned <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> See, my dad tried to stop me from watching it, but that's just because he hates Steven Spielberg. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, fair. <laughs> uh. So I'm trying to think what my early interactions with alien content would be. I think it would be seeing 
um, just like ads on TV for like late night movies about aliens or that kind of thing. And it was very stereotypical alien kind of thing, but abduction specific. And you're just about the right age to have been around for those early couple of seasons of Unsolved Mysteries as well, too. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That terrified me still. Yeah. <laughs> the music. Yeah. And then uh, I suppose, because uh, I was thinking about it and just thinking in terms of ages, like when um, X-Files debuted, I was about seven or eight years old, I think. And I think you would have been just about hitting adolescence. What year was that? that? Was that 93? 93, yeah, yeah. So you, you would have okay, been Okay, so like, I, would have been, I would have been 12. Yeah, which is sort of, you know, depending on who you are, moving into that kind of like, you either go all in or like you're getting a bit old to be scared by it kind of thing. Like, but... I don't. I don't. Know I, well, as 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 a coward, <laughs> <laughs> if if I was still not allowed to watch X Files, it was a thing that uh, wasn't like specifically forbidden, just because we, I never showed any interest mm-hmm. in it. But would have I would have gotten the thumbs down. It also came on Sunday nights, and we were at church on Sunday nights. Yeah, well, good so I, protecting yourself from the evils of the X Files. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Th- th- thinking about unsolved mysteries. As a kid, I watched that everything on the. I watched it like a news program, which to an extent well, it is. That's right? how it was presented. Like uh, I talked to. Yeah. Uh, it 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 kind of had that. Um, it was presented very news style, especially those early seasons and Robert Stacks in the in the phone room and that kind of thing. <laughs> when the fog is rolling <laughs> behind him and he's in his trench coat, I'm like, "This is the news. This man is reporting. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this man's about to tell me some real shit that's going down." Yeah, <laughs> but but I think it did have like uh, like the things I remember far and away about unsolved mysteries are the sort of you know mis- you know the like hauntings, UFOs, things like that. But if you go back and watch it, it's it's kind of like a it's a true crime program a lot of it like it's it's at right. least two-thirds like you know missing people murders like and and then of course the like lost love section which no one gave a shit about then you know <laughs> so, <laughs> like. I, I still remember uh vividly being in new mexico uh which is where my grandparents lived and watching because i we didn't regularly watch unsolved mysteries mm. I think maybe occasionally if something looked interesting, my mom would have it on. Um, but someone was watching it there, and it was about the Unabomber. And I remember staying up all night worrying that the Unabomber was going to put a bomb on my grandmother's doorstep, and I was going to blow up. Well, like, I just thought that that's a real thing that was going to happen. You haven't talked a lot about your grandma, but I what you have said has given me the impression that she was definitely part of the sort of technocratic conspiracy that he was looking to take down. So that wasn't totally... Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, at her motor home. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think for me, like, um, because my parents, like, uh, it was interesting with my parents. Like, they had strange rules from the standpoint that, like, Ninja Turtles was considered a bit violent. But they used to let me watch Kung Fu, and and you know there, there was sort of hmm. that. In, like, d- don't get me wrong, I love mum and dad very much. I don't want to rag on them, but like some of these rules <laughs> seem very arbitrary in hindsight. Let me watch He Man, yeah, Dad. Yeah, yeah, and and stuff like um, uh, X Files was a definite no no, and and I kind of get that just because the age I was. But conversely, like because Unsolved Mysteries had that true crime component, like. 
I was able to watch it, I think. Like, mum and dad never really mm-hmm. minded me watching true crime stuff for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that's interesting. True crime seems like it should be more uh, kept away from, from well, kids. But I guess part of it is this is the world that exists. I, I, think, th- I, I think that's an aspect of it. And and the other thing, too, is, which I didn't I didn't know till much older, but my mum actually, um, so when she went to nursing college back in the day, um, she actually had a couple of um, uh, friends and colleagues who were murdered, and uh, I've long—I mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll cut this or not—but <laughs> I have long wondered whether um, her sort of long-standing interest in true crime is kind of a way of coping with that. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. They didn't actually find their murderer till—they they didn't find their bodies till they disappeared in 1970 something. They found their bodies about 2010 or something like that. So, and yeah, the actual murderer was, um, funnily enough, not the person who they thought it was. It was another serial killer who was active in the same area at the same time. So, you know, still awful all around, but yeah, not, um, yeah. But my large point being is that I think unsolved mysteries for a lot of kids, even if your parents wouldn't let you watch, um, something explicitly supernatural themed like unsolved mysteries was kind of a backdoor way to see all of this i think right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so do you you run a secondhand bookshop um do you still get a lot of this stuff coming through like because uh, it was a big publishing thing in the the 80s and 90s so i actually got a few in today oh. And I didn't have time to look through them because I was busy all okay, day. We need to have a one was just kind of this off air, but yeah. <laughs> one was just a generic like what the government is covering up kind of yeah, one, yeah. and one was about a specific alien abduction case. I want to say, like Andersonville. That might be wrong. Bet- Betty Andr- but... a- Anderson or something like that, or no, it was a ta- it was the name of a town. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in it, um, but I, I didn't have a chance to look at it that closely. Okay. We need to have a conversation um, about this off air when you get back in store. But <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> some of these might be. Of interest. Yeah, <laughs> um, people still do buy them. I don't. I don't see them that often. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so they uh, abduction stuff, alien stuff goes out. It cycles out pretty quickly. But I just don't have a ton of it because people. They like to hold on to yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean... I think a lot of people do are, are collectors that uh, are interested in yeah, it, so... Yeah, well, I mean, my, my um, shelf... Be, you can't see it from this angle, but my shelf behind me is full of almost... Uh, almost got the complete collection of uh, Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown now, so... Like, <laughs> I've got, like, 25 of the 30 books or something like that, and a bunch of other just nonsense, so... Uh, my my dad was librarian in town when we were kids, so he would often bring a lot of this stuff home before it had gone into general circulation as well. So <laughs> it was a good time. But so uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the case itself. So um, th- this all happened in August in 1955 in, in a little town called um, Kelly, which is where the Kelly-Hopkinsville part comes in. So, Kelly, I, I don't know if you've ever been there, Josh, but, like, it, it seems like a real kind of one-horse town even today. Like, it's, I think it's kind of like a main strip, a few stores and, and houses, and then it's then it's largely kind of in a rural area. So, if this was a true crime podcast at this point, we'd sort of be like, this is the sort of place where this kind of thing just doesn't happen, you know? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
And there's there's kind of a few different accounts of the, that are doing the rounds at this point, but most of them follow the same kind of basic structure. So, um, it's, and, and it's actually kind of two incidents. Um, so the the first part is a UFO sighting. So it's about seven p.m. on a on a hot summer night. I, I think it was. I want to say it was the fifteenth of August. And uh, Billy Ray Taylor went out to the backyard to get some water from the well. Uh, he was staying in a, um, a small farmhouse with his wife, June, and visiting a, a guy named Lucky Sutton, uh, who lived there with... Uh, uh, no, no, he didn't live there. Sorry, Lucky didn't live there. He was sort of like a carnival worker, and so were these other people. But this was like Lucky's family home. I think his mum lived there with... Uh, one of his brothers and a few other kids she had from a second marriage. So um, they seem to have just kind of been passing through and they, they thought, oh, we'll go see mum while we're, while we're in town kind of thing. So Billy saw a silver object in the sky with a really bright exhaust coming out of it that was apparently, in his words, all the colours of the rainbow. So it apparently it flew over above him and then landed in a, in a sort of dry gulch nearby. And so he went inside to talk to the others about it and they uh, they just weren't interested and did the usual thing said the usual things you might expect like oh you know you you you're crazy Billy you're seeing things blah 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 you know like all, all the sort of stuff that um you know in contrast to I think if someone came in and said to, that to us we'd probably be like where when tell me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah so uh, but but again this was 1955 so I think a lot of this was still people were thinking very much in terms of like the day the earth stood still kind of stuff um, when when was when was War of the Worlds though when did Wales do War of the Worlds I want to say that was the 20s or the 30s okay. yeah so so a while before this yeah but it, um, I'll have to look that up and like insert me with it it was in year and then you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> cut in 1933 or something like that but but i want to yeah i want to say the 30s like um and and that was sort of we can talk about that a bit more later but that was kind of um pre even the idea of sort of ufo sightings really so or as as we understand them today so um yeah so th- they just thought he was nuts and th- then about an hour later um the family dog wouldn't stop barking and was very agitated, which which is always... Dogs a, never uh, do. They always know what's yeah, going on. it's always a bad sign. So um, Lucky Sutton and Billy Ray grabbed their guns and started to head towards the, uh, the door because they figured there might have been some intruders lurking around the farm, uh, which is not totally unreasonable, uh, granted that it's... You know, th- this was like a very simple farmhouse. It's like a three-room three place. There's no running water. I think they had electricity, but they had like 12 people there and three or four of them were staying for the night, but most of them just lived there full time. So we're talking like, uh, you know, sort of real kind of rural life that I, I don't think I could handle living this way kind of thing. But you know, <laughs> I, I suppose it was very much a reality for a lot of people back then. So it, It's kind of like thinking about how people used to live like, you know, in the 1800s. Like, I couldn't do this. I yeah, couldn't. yeah. The, <laughs> or even like the 70s like wait they didn't have a a cell phone well yeah yeah i mean i I sort of even think back to when i was a kid now and wonder how we all coped without like smartphones let alone cell phones how did anyone organize being able to know where everyone is at all times you know what i mean like how would we have organized anything (laughs) how would we podcast it would be impossible yeah yeah we would we wouldn't be doing this you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um 
so uh, I'm just gonna. Uh, so it it turns out there there were intruders after all, Josh, and they were they were our favourite intruders, as as we know. Like, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna read a little account here from a uh, one of my books uh, among my collection, which is called UFO: The Complete Sightings Catalogue by a, a man named Peter Brooksmith. So let me just bring up the little section. So an hour later, the door the dog began barking in the yard. Elmer and Billy Ray, uh, so Lucky's real name was actually Elmer, like uh, never called him Lucky, I, I guess it might have been a Carney thing or something like that. These are very Kentucky names, yeah, this is Elmer. I, I didn't know for certain, but I did kind of assume, so. Um, <laughs> Elmer and Billy Ray, suspecting intruders, picked up their guns and went to the kitchen door. Slowly approaching the house was a small, quote-unquote, shining man with his hands over his head, and the men opened fire immediately. The tiny figure somersaulted backwards from the impact of the shots, which hit it with the sound as if you had shot into a pail, which strikes me as a kind of Kentucky turn of phrase, to be honest. (laughs) Then it fled. (laughs) Several more creatures approached the house from different angles and were shot at. One was heard on the kitchen roof. Elmer and Billy Ray both fired at it, and it fell, then, quote-unquote, floated another 40 feet to settle on a fence. The two fired again simultaneously. The thing fell and then scuttled off into the weeds behind the fence on all fours. Shooting had no terminal effect on any of the intruders, so Josh, your shotgun wouldn't have done you much good, apparently. (laughs) And they seemed more afraid of the lights from the Sutton's torches than of bullets. When hit by either, they dropped on all fours and ran. The creatures were all a little over three feet when the tall went upright. They had round, egg-shaped heads, very large yellow eyes spaced wide apart, and huge elephant-like ears. Their long, thin arms ended in claw-like hands. They had slim, straight, silvery-coloured bodies that seemed to be lit from the inside. This inner light intensified whenever they were shot at, or even shouted at. Okay, so after after a few hours of this, and, and one particular account that I recall talks about, like, one of them tried to go outside, and one of them was on the roof, and, like, reached over and stroked his hair as well, so, uh, which I can only imagine. <laughs> no, was, no thank you, no thank yeah, you. Yeah, very disconcerting, so... Uh, after about three hours of this, uh, so it's about 11 o'clock at night at this point, uh, they decided they'd had enough, and they, they threw themselves into a van and drove to Hopkinsville, which I believe is about seven miles away from Kelly, uh, to the police station, because I guess that's that's where the police station was at the time. Um, and Ch- Police Chief Russell Greenwall, who was uh, in charge at the time, said, these aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. What they do is reach for their guns. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently about, like, 16 people made their way back up up there, like uh, law enforcement officers, I guess, so including a few... And, and it makes special mention of this, including a few military police, so that's when you know things are serious, I guess. Um, <laughs> so when the, the cops showed up, they found plenty of evidence of guns being used. There were bullet holes all through the house a few scorch marks and things like that, uh, but no sign of the actual goblins themselves. Um, as you might imagine, the family were pretty shattered by all this, so they went back to bed at about two in the morning and were hoping for to, to salvage something of a night's rest. But it wasn't over, Josh. It wasn't over. So uh, The goblins appeared at the windows again uh, shortly afterwards, and apparently a few more shots were fired. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the, eventually the goblins withdrew again at about five quarter past five in the morning so i guess maybe the sun was starting to come up around that point uh, i i don't know enough about sort of how things go in the summer in in kentucky i have to say you might be able to shed some light on that in the summer it probably it probably five thirty six. the sun would come yeah up. okay okay so maybe maybe the, like first, the first the first few little lights of dawn coming through but <laughs> So um, they don't seem to have run across them again after that. Um, but they, uh, the, you know, as, as you might imagine, sort of almost immediately, like, this hit the local and the national news at the time. <laughs> so so I guess I guess you these days you'd say it had gone viral or something like that. But in, ni- in 1955, this was the equivalent. <laughs> so they had lots of local rubberneckers <laughs> turn up and, and gawk, try and gawk at it. <laughs> <laughs> see the farmhouse, <laughs> gawk at the people in there, see if they could find any traces of the aliens. I think they had a few problems with people actually trying to steal parts of the house and stuff as well, which must have been a, no- a nightmare. Like, you know, if, if you think of this in terms of, like... Because it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, it, I think it's um, maybe an hour or so from... Nashville is the closest town, I think. So, you know, you're still sort of having to drive several hours in the 50s when not everyone has a car <laughs> like you know um so that would be the worst the worst thing is i've already been haunted by these goblins <laughs> but now people are showing up at all hours like and i think they could just be the goblins again yeah yeah i hadn't even thought about it from that standpoint but yeah the the repercussions of shooting the wrong thing at that point are also much higher as well you know like right the, right um you know you probably would want to be a little less shotgun happy at that point um i'll say as far as it, it, if if i was going to uh do a hoax i would not shoot up my own house i'll say that yeah yeah so that's... so if i uh, if i'm the sheriff investigating whether or not this is real that is one point in their column for it being real <laughs> yeah i i would i would tend to agree with that like but i think the i think the kind of prevailing attitude at the time was and and still is among say uh you know you, it's it's a funny case because it really sort of splits people like i i, I yeah it really kind of splits people from the standpoint that a lot of people think that it was just a bunch of drunken yahoos and rednecks who'd had too much moonshine and then they saw some pe- people suggest that it's owls quite a lot and uh, like mm, barn mm-hmm. owls or something like that and I can kind of see why because they do sort of shimmer under barn lights they do look like they have big ears because of their, their tufts and that sort of thing and they do look like skinny little men when they're sort of just walking around as opposed to actually flying <laughs> um, it, like I saw I saw a photo of a barn owl once and I was kind of like uh, like a barn owl in a particular position I should say not just a generic barn owl and I was kind of like oh yeah I see how like if you had you know I, I see how that could have had that effect i guess and then of course you have like you know sort of diehard believers so like the, definitely the ufo was there then they showed up and blah 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 but the the sort of um the immediate effect was also that uh lucky sutton's mother uh i think it was moved out within a few days um, she was sort of terrified by what she saw and afraid that they would come back. Uh, apparently, she was also sad at the thought they might have just been there and needed help, but instead they'd scared them off by, you know, shooting at them. <laughs> so. It is funny that uh, t- 
typically our first reaction to aliens is to shoot at them, try to burn them, uh, grab the flamethrower, just yeah. anything. Not. <laughs> What do you, what do you need, buddy? Do you need yeah, do you need some like gas a, for your yeah, ship? Yeah, you need some gas, or you, you need a you need to need a hand with repairs or something like that. <laughs> like that. Um, I, I did actually. Mo- most of the people involved seem to have really dropped off the records, um, as, as you might imagine, because you know this is definitely very much pre-internet era. Like, but I did actually find a really good article on the Ripley's Believe It or Not website that was written last year and sort of interviewed a few of the people involved. So they interviewed um, Lucky Sutton's daughter, of all, of all people, who I don't believe was born at the time, but I think was born a couple of years after. Um, so she seems to still get asked a lot of dumb questions about it on the reg. <laughs> Uh, um, and to to the point where where she sort of talked about like um you know we were just pissed off and frustrated about it for a long time but what we eventually did was about in in about 2010 or thereabouts they started up a local ufo festival dedicated to it um so i guess that that kind of taking ownership of it Uh, i have to assume that it's a bit like roswell where Yes, some of the locals, yes. some of the locals <laughs> would love it. Some of them think it's the worst thing ever, but everyone sort of knows it's good for tourism. At the end of the day, have you ever been to Roswell? No, I, I've been to the states a couple of times, but I, I haven't been anywhere near there. I've just done. I, I've been to the closest, and it's not remotely close. Is um, that I've been is Dallas. Yeah. So, um. so <laughs> years and years ago, I was going a. Uh, I was dating a woman who she was obsessed with the X-Files and so by extension aliens and so we were going to go on a road trip to Roswell and we made it to Dallas and then wound up just driving back (laughs) and not going to Roswell but years later she did go and she said it was it was terrible (laughs) you know it was just uh, there, there was nothing, yeah, you know. It'd like, just be a total tourist trap, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, yeah I know they do. See it was it. funny to see a, a Domino's pizza with aliens on the sign, <laughs> and the bank has, has aliens there. But yeah, fun way to spend half an hour, sort of thing, but not. Yes, yeah. not a, not something to drive sixteen hours. No, for. well, I know they do like conventions and things like that, and I know that would also be the 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 best and the worst time to go from the standpoint that like. Mm-hmm. There'd be all these other fucking tourists there that you wouldn't want to have to deal with, but conversely, it'd be the only time much of anything was happening. <laughs> like, yeah, know, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I would love to go someday, but I do know it really is, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere, and, you know, the, like, the logistics of getting there are much more convoluted than I might imagine. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, right. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I'm glad she got to go eventually, though. That would have been that would have been nice. Like, the, yeah. But yeah, maybe it's good you didn't have to be there for the for the disappointment. When, when the- right. I would have, I would have liked to have gone there and been disappointed in the past in my memory. Yeah. I would not have enjoyed it at the no. <laughs> at the time. I would enjoy looking back on it now as a terrible time. Yeah. <laughs> the closest I've come to it was. Um, uh, so you you probably heard me and Blake talk about a band called Blood Incantation, like, and they sometimes mm-hmm. use like images of aliens on their artwork and that kind of thing. So they they all went to Roswell. I want to say a year or so ago. Maybe, maybe it was pre-pandemic. I'm probably getting my dates mixed up a bit, but they um they all went there and took like photos of the whole band in front of the uh, in front of the town sign and 
the alien signs and that kind of thing. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, I think they were, if I recall correctly, they were on tour at the time anyway. So they kind of had to be driving through there anyway. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the, um, yeah, which is obviously a bit different than actively, as you say, driving 16 hours <laughs> out of the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Dallas when you were there? Like, uh, I... I I did not like Dallas. Yeah, I, I've been there. I've been there twice. Um, so the first time I went because uh, we had some relatives living there at the time, so we stayed for about a week. Um, did did all the stuff you might expect, like uh, you know Kennedy's. Uh, yeah, yeah. We went to the conspiracy museum and the regular. Museum. Oh, I, I wish I'd known there was a conspiracy museum. I, I just went to the regular museum, which was which was still a good time. Yeah. But yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd known there was like a zany nut one. <laughs> the, the the conspiracy museum, which was right by where he was shot, um, it's basically just one crank runs it, yeah. and so it was like <laughs> a bunch of uh, far out there conspiracy stuff. A lot of stuff that had been printed off the computer and posted to the wall, like the exhibits, were not that impressive. <laughs> but it, but I highly recommend it if you're ever in Dallas. Yeah, well, well, if I'm ever in Dallas again, like, the, I, but in this uh, this this guy who wrote this Ripley's article, he he tracked down a few people. So um, it turns out one of Lucky's daughters has written a couple of books about the case, which you can find on Amazon. I am not sure what they're like. Uh, I think I've seen one of them before, and I think they skewed a little fringe. But you know, go check it out for yourself. I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to confirm one way or another on that. Um, but yeah, so I guess what what do you think? Or did, like, and and yeah, like I said, most of the people sort of fell out of the public eye very quickly. Like, and and sort of the goblin has endured, but the individuals haven't. Like. Lucky Sutton apparently passed away um, in his 60s, and, and, and he felt he'd kind of had his life ruined by it to some degree. You know, he ended up with a few kind of, um, unfortunately, substance abuse problems, and they seemed to have uh, slowed down his, uh, you, you know, uh, contributed to his early passing, unfortunately. So uh, I, I guess, like, there's sadder moments in it than I might have anticipated, like, because I just remember this as being like, well, the goblin, you know. <laughs> kind of thing yeah yeah you're thinking of those big ears like yeah. big dumbo ears on an alien and, and the big and the big eyes and like the you know the the idea of like a, a bunch of weirdo goblins holding people siege in the middle of nowhere's house like is you know <laughs> sort of entertaining and but yeah and also kind of gaslighting them by letting them bring it back a bunch of people then be like no let's hide until the other people leave then we'll come back out and and, well, and scare and them more it. but i i guess do you have any big takes on what this is now that you've seen some of the horrifying fan art and, um, the- <laughs> <laughs> uh the, the way i come down on aliens generally is Usually when there's more to something, like Roswell, I don't think it's legit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when there's just like some small story kind of like this, yeah, I'm like, there could be I, something to I that. I take a very, um, I mean, I think as a kid, I was kind of all in on aliens. So I was like, holy shit, aliens are here. They're coming to visit. Like, you know, maybe yeah. they'll visit me one. <laughs> um, but I think as I've gotten older, I, I get more... Uh, and 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 also understand a bit more about say how the human brain works and that kind of thing and and how things like even 
you know, hallucinations are much more common than we realize and that kind of thing. Like, I, I tend to think it's more of a psychological phenomenon. Um, but with that said, I do think that, you know, uh, it, it does seem to have had kind of real-world impacts on, on some of these people, both for good and for bad. And you do kind of wonder, like, it's it's a weird thing to kind of stick to your guns on if you didn't think ha- something happened to you, like, the, the, whatever the nature of that might have been, I suppose. Like, yeah. It's, it's also always interesting when there's an event that, uh, it's purported to happen to more than one person, mm, mm, which mm. fire in the sky is the same way, right? Where all of the guys, uh, <laughs> as as we've previously stated on, <laughs> on this podcast, def- definitely wasn't definitely wasn't a way to get out of a um, a logging contract. There was nothing like <laughs> right. that. You know, the- <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, when there's when it's just one person telling their experience, then I generally always think there's a good chance it's just someone saw something they couldn't explain mm, but there's mm. an explanation for it mm, mm. Uh, whereas if it uh, if, if it's a group of people and they have nothing to gain from this story you know they're not trying to sell it to the inquirer or something like that then i'm more interested in it possibly being Definitely. Well, it's, it's it's interesting you touch on that because as a kid reading about all this stuff, like quite quite obsessively, with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> though I didn't realize it at the time, of course. Um, one thing that I, I kind of the the thing they always go to is they talk about like this witness had an impeccable reputation, like <laughs> and like it's it to the point where as a little kid I kind of had this idea that like. Not not a literally visible thing, but this idea that like your reputation was kind of quite everyone was sort of aware of what your reputation was kind of thing. (laughs) I suppose that's become a little more obvious in like an online era where people can go look up your social media presence and see all the unhinged things you've said. Right, right. (laughs) But with that said, like, you know, when you're just walking down the street, it's not like people look at you and be like, woof, bad reputation or something like that. yeah, and it it does whatever it was that happened, you know, it does. Maybe maybe it was some people playing pranks or something like that. Though it seems like a pretty dangerous prank to play. Right, <laughs> once, once they pull out the involved, yeah shotguns. Like. Um, but yeah, it does. Uh, it's 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 just such a. I I don't have any strong opinions on the reality of it, but I do think it's, it's such an interesting little curiosity and think you know what what a what you know I I, I to me it's sort of strange that I'm still talking about it in some capacity like 30 odd years after i saw this little paragraph in a in a children's book about ufos you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it, it it probably would still have more of an impact on you now than if you encountered something like that at this point in your life that you thought might be the same just because of the way things that we think as kids like stay in our brains is possibly real in that way yeah definitely definitely i I, I suppose that's very true uh i think the the other the other sort of like uh, i did a bit of digging around for this and like um the the most the the first person to kind of write academically about any of this was carl jung actually uh, back in the 50s and I, i talked about this on fire in the sky so you can people who are listening now you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear me talk about it a bit more 
But you also have this French guy named Jacques Vallée, I, I think you pronounce it. And he sort of sees all this kind of stuff as like uh, manifestations of the same thing. So he thinks that like UFOs are essentially a modern kind of mask for some deeper psychological phenomenon that's going on. And he would sort of say that like, oh, in ye olden times, like people saw fairies in, or gnomes or things like that. And now they see you know aliens yes, yeah and yeah yeah goblins are sort of at that perfect intersection between those two points right. because there's the ufo as <laughs> mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. So, yeah yeah that's true like they're weird are you to... sorry you, are you, you familiar with the hans christian anderson fairy story oh yeah b- bits and pieces it's it's been a been a while since i read them but yeah as a kid you know i remember reading the you know quote-unquote real version of the little mermaid and just being horrified or was it <laughs> Was it him? Maybe it's not Hans Christian Andersen, who really thought there was a real fairy in a photo, but it was a hoax. Oh, that's um. You're thinking of Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So the Cottingley fairies. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw or not, but the original negatives of them went up for auction a year or so ago. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did, and I and I half seriously considered looking at buying some because they they weren't selling them as a bulk hot they were selling them in like multi, multiple parts but my that my mum is not really like she always thought that me reading about aliens all the time was weird whereas dad sort of actively encouraged it um but mum was really big on the Cottingley fairies, and I, I, I don't know if that's just some kind of you know Welsh English heritage kind of thing. But the, um, they, uh, yeah, mum, mum was always obsessed with that. So I did kind of look at like, oh, could I afford one of these for mum or something like that? But, <laughs> but it, nothing, nothing ever really came. But, but it didn't sell for a huge amount of money. I think like uh, collectively they sold for like ten thousand dollars or in that ballpark, like. Which yeah, is, which is not that, that much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that seems surprising for. Yeah, I, I was surprised it was as low as it was, but I think again the case has fallen out of the zeitgeist, and because now there's not really that ambiguity about it being fake or not, like people Ooh. just know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. I don't know the the if, if someone came up with the original negative of like the the alien autopsy film, maybe that'd do bigger numbers. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know um, what's interesting? What I. Uh, is so like it, as far as being raised like in an evangelical home mm, mm. I, I i didn't get a lot of discussion of aliens but so people wouldn't talk about spotting aliens but they would angels do you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. that was kind of the christian version of a, a the same kind of feeling or idea of oh i saw this angel <laughs> Yeah, that that sort of encounters with the, I mean, I think at the time we would have just said encounters of the unknown. Actually, I should try and like put a spooky synth effect behind that. Encounters <laughs> of the unknown, like, the, um, and and certainly I think to some degree for some people that exists in the same wheelhouse. Like my my church was a little different, so I, I grew up Baptist, like, but Australian Baptist is a little less uh, conservative than than sort of Southern Baptist type thing, to the point where in the nineties I remember the church I my parents went to actually did 
like sat- they, they used to do this thing called Saturday Night Live. Um, no, con- no connection to the. Um, to I'm, the- getting the- I'm getting some lawyers on them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You have to remember that didn't air over here at the time. <laughs> so, um, but so they they'd have like a, a sort of Saturday night sermon where they'd discuss like semi-controversial topics, and I remember one of them being like UFOs and the Bible. Um, not not in the Bible and the Bible. And so dad took me along to that and it was pretty like even handed. I, th- I think he, the, the pastor to the best of my memory was kind of the attitude of like, well, you know, like the, the common way that we discuss these things is that there could be, you, you know, like the, the most common evangelical response I've run across is that there's some kind of demon or something like that. And I'm sure you've heard <laughs> discussion like that too. Um, but he sort of said, well, you know, it's possible there's life out there in the universe. Is it visiting? I don't know. This, that, the other. So it, it wasn't like it's demonic activity. You need to steer clear of this at all costs. Right, so right. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I can only assume, though, it didn't occur to me at the time that it was probably a response to how popular the X Files was. At the absolutely, time. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime the church is like, let's let's talk about this thing that's hot right now to try to <laughs> get people in the seats. Talk to your youth pastor about UFOs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else was a being from another planet? <laughs> you know who else came into people's lives in Kentucky for a short time and transformed <laughs> lives? <laughs> you know who else was gone for a very short period and then returned? Yeah, you know who else can sometimes appear to you mysteriously in the middle of the night and you're not quite <laughs> sure what's going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think the the legacy of it has been an interesting one, like from the standpoint that um, uh, the, the biggest impact that's had the last few years, there's some TV series called Hellier that's come out. Everyone keeps telling me I should watch it, but I haven't yet. I think it's some kind of like pseudo docu, like it's like a, it's like Blair Witch, like it's a fake documentary, but it's presented as real kind of thing. Um, I, I think the creators do have some sort of, you know, genuine esoteric belief or something like that. But the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin is a big sort of part of the first season, apparently. So I'll get to watching that eventually. Readers, send your thoughts in, let me know. Um, sorry, listeners, send your thoughts in, let me know. <laughs> Um, it loosely inspired Critters in the 80s. <laughs> I've never seen Critters. I do have the the uh, VHS box implanted in my uh, yeah in it, my mind it was from that, seeing it so many times in video stores. Perfect balance. Like Gremlins, it was that perfect balance of being cutesy and horrifying, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the the phrase "little green men" actually comes from um, this case as well, too. So um, the originally it was reported in the press as them seeing little grey men or like little silver men, and it very quickly became corrupted into little green men. Which so you know that's that's where that comes from. Um, and there was even been a, a Pokemon inspired by it, a Pokemon called Sableye, I think, and it's this kind of. Um, it's this sort of, I think, purpley goblin-looking thing with, like, red gemstones for eyes. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird and sus-looking, but, you know, I don't, I don't think it's ever gotten its own episode of the cartoon or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Though that would be good if they did, like, a Pokemon episode where, I don't know, Ash is trapped in a house and, like, the Sableyes are all coming to get them and then they disappear when the 
Nurse Joy shows up or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> give Pikachu a shotgun. Just let him, let him yeah. fire away. Maybe they'll carry Pikachu away or something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, as well, it's uh, inspired a huge amount of fan art and merchandise. So um, I've actually seen some, like, they weren't Funko Pops, but they were in that same kind of, like, vinyl collectible sort of wheelhouse uh, of, of the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff on Etsy. Um, I... I didn't do this, but I in the lead up to this episode, I gave some very serious thought to this uh, about just anonymously sending you like a, a t-shirt to, to, <laughs> to the bookstore, so you just and like <laughs> so you'd open it up and just just have this ridiculous t-shirt with the aliens <laughs> on it. But I thought that might be a bridge too far, so I didn't go through. With it yeah, and then there's um yeah, and the, the, the big sort of thing day to day for the people actually in Kelly, they do their yearly festival around it, um, which which as you might imagine attracts a share of like people who are just sort of curious about this and then also like genuine kooks and things like that. So uh, which is pretty standard for any sort of like I think new age adjacent festival that you're gonna get. <laughs> Uh, and they yeah. do oh, year yeah. round yeah. have the UFO playground there. So, you, you got any any thoughts on on all this, or like how, how do you feel it's impacted your life, Josh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know that it. Ha- I it will next time I'm driving through because I will go to that playground. <laughs> yeah, I, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty rad. We actually have a um a similar one. Uh, though I, I'm going to say it, I think ours is actually better. There's one down near Melbourne. Um, because in the 60s, there was quite a famous UFO sighting, just sort of uh, about 30k, uh, 30 kilometers. I don't know what that is in miles. I, you guys figure it out. Um, uh, 5k is three point something. Two. Point, I forget. Who, yeah. Who knows? No. No one knows. <laughs> it's 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 a mystery. But yeah. Um, yeah. Just outside of Melbourne, they had a famous UFO sighting over a school, and since then they've built this whole like UFO playground there, which is pretty rad. I, I've got to get there someday. Um, maybe in a post-pandemic world. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, uh, you just, it's, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I just know that it fascinates me, I think. And it's, uh, it's just so funny how these things stick with you from such a young age. And uh, I've unfortunately fallen out of touch with the person who showed me that book, but we, we were in touch till probably our mid twenties. And, um, I, th- I th- like occasionally we'd just send each other pictures of it on Facebook or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's funny how these these things sort of like uh, we wouldn't have thought of them as memes, but it's almost become a bit of a thought meme to some degree, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what did you think when I showed you the picture of the hypothetical goblin planet that was in that book? Oh, that mostly that I wanted to blow it up with a a space bazooka. <laughs> see, I'm advocating being peaceful towards the aliens, but then when I see them, uh, my instinct is to grab a shotgun and start shooting at them. Yeah, though, to be fair, I think when I first told you about it, I deliberately picked the most unsettling artworks right, yeah. that I could find. <laughs> like, which I do, I do to Blake sometimes, too. Like, occasionally I'll just message him a picture of a grey alien or something like that with, with no context. <laughs> so, um, just, uh, he, you just got to remind it. him that they're watching him at all times. Oh, they are. 
are. They are. They're like, yeah, you know, yeah. you, might, you might be pooping now, but they're watching. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> and one day, one day, the the beings from fire in the sky will come. Yes. <laughs> we had in our local paper since it's spooky season. They yeah. had a write up of like five, uh, like haunting, haunting type things that happened in the area, and nothing. We didn't have any. Alien stuff. I can't think of any alien stuff that's happened around here. Yeah, I I did actually go digging, and before this episode, because we, because dear listeners, we try and plan episodes quite a way in advance. It's uh, <laughs> not not done on such an ad hoc basis as it might appear if you were to look at our uh, podcast feed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, I did actually find a book about um, weird shit in Missouri, and I will need to find the link and send it to you. And I, I tried to order it. The only place selling it was Amazon and like we we'd already sort of lined up this date to do it and it wasn't going to arrive in time from the states and that kind of thing so it, it ended up falling through but um yeah there was there there is some kind of like weirdness in in missouri book that i found so i'll have to i'll have to send you the link after this but yeah it didn't seem to be very alien geared it seemed more like cryptids and ghosts and that sort of thing yeah like i've read it read uh, a book called haunted graveyard of the ozarks and stuff like that oh yeah but it's yeah. it's all just a first person account of going to different cemeteries and him saying my car wouldn't start and it should have started <laughs> and then like a lot of that kind of stuff that, that's sort <laughs> I was of like shitty, oh, okay like, ghost ghost hunters like type. what's his name baggins uh Who's the Ghost Hunters guy? Oh, I don't know his name. I've only seen snippets of it, and I'm like, man, it, this is, but this is that crash. kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I I feel a chill in the air down here in this cellar that I'm in. I'm shocked that yeah. the air is cold. Well, I'm in this like drafty cellar with no insulation, and there's like a mysterious <laughs> breeze. How like how how sinister? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was. Um, the place where I grew up in this this town called Gosford, which which is in New South Wales, um, we actually in the mid nineties at like peak X Files popularity, some uh, local UFO researchers published some book uh, a book called The Gosford Files, uh, which was sort <laughs> of all about the sort of weird uh, and alleged UFO sightings that happened and things like that. Some of them were I'm going to send you some photos later because some of them I know will upset you. <laughs> 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 um, there was one I remember this woman who showed up at, allegedly showed up at this sort of she was some kind of like preschool inspector and she was doing the rounds and, and sort of going to all the local preschools in the area and she came across one that she hadn't been to before so she went there and like claimed that all the all the kids there had like were essentially she was claiming they were all alien hybrids because like all the kids had black eyes and uh, the the woman running it had no idea who she was, and like had black eyes herself, and that kind of like it was so, it's it, like it, it's it's such obvious made up nonsense. But like, yes, but that is uh, that is terrifying. Yeah, but I remember <laughs> being like, oh, like when I was reading this at ten or eleven or something. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So good times, good times. Well. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts uh, about this one, or um, keep watching the skies? Or <laughs> oh no, yes, keep watching the sky. Uh, keep your cell phones out. Uh, document them. Who's who's more frightening, the the goblins or the aliens from Fire in the Sky? 
I think the aliens from Fire in the Sky, because yeah. these goblins are just uh, they're just bugging you a little bit. They're not <laughs> they're not abducting you. That's true. Like, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the goblins wanted, but the the other ones wanted to put you in in like a gooey cocoon thing. <laughs> and apparently, in in at least that one guy's instance, just leave you there and forget about you until you're sort of semi mummified in their ship. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> um, another time. Uh, one thing I've been thinking about doing for the um, maybe the Patreon at some point is like uh, uh, the movie of communion with Christopher Walken. <laughs> uh, Oh, I didn't know that that existed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It came out in, like, 1990. It, it's deranged. Like, it's not a good movie about alien abductions. <laughs> was, it, it was made for TV, wasn't it? Who's was clearly... it made for TV? Sorry? Was it made for TV? No, 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 like no, no. A... Cinematic release, yes. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This was 1990, <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> anything would get a cinema release back then. Okay, like, true. Um, <laughs> the... Yeah, it's not a good movie about aliens, but it is a good movie about a man who's very obviously having a mental breakdown and needs to kind of make himself whole again in a way. <laughs> but but by coming to terms with the, like I, I don't know, you got to watch it sometime. But we'll talk about it more on another occasion. Well. I think that about rounds out our discussion from the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins. Uh, if anyone has any thoughts on that that they'd like to share, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm just at Lupine Transmissions. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, what, what do you want to plug? Uh, you can listen to my uh, young adult podcast with uh, Jessica on the Ox Network called Are You There Pod? We're doing some spooky books this month. Yes, and it's a good podcast. I've been on there a couple of times myself, so make sure you check it out. Yeah. Um, you. What, what, what about your other one? The... Uh, I also have one about <laughs> Missouri politics <laughs> called Hoot and Holler. So we're, I think we're going to do something spooky this month. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it's fair to say it's maybe more niche and appeal than Are You There Pod, but it is very funny, and I do recommend that one as well, too. And uh, I, t I think we, we're still talking about me going on one and talking about, like, weird church upbringings, aren't we? Yes, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, do you want to plug the store at all? Or? Oh, yeah, uh, I will sell you... Uh, books about aliens, um, ghosts, uh, goblins, uh, babysitters, just anything <laughs> uh, at my bookstore, which is named Bookmarks in Springfield, Missouri. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Josh. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Awesome.